Beer and wine drinkers in Ontario will see more buying options in the coming years as the province moves to allow sales in corner stores and all grocery stores. Premier Doug Ford, following through on a campaign promise from 2018, made the announcement this week suggesting it will give consumers more choice and, quote, start treating people like adults. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. Toronto Sun columnist Brian Lilly joins me to discuss why the government is making the changes now, when they'll take effect, and where this puts Ontario compared to other provinces' liquor laws. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So, Brian, big announcement Thursday morning from the Ford government in Ontario as it relates to the sale of alcohol in the province. And this was kind of teased earlier in the week. I'm just curious, break down for us how liquor sales are going to change in Ontario eventually. Eventually is the key word because uh, this won't take place until January 1st, 2026. And, you know, speaking to some people in the government, they're hoping some of it will be rolled out a little earlier, but that's when the big changes are going to take place. And that's two years from now. Now, So why are they announcing it now? Because there is currently an agreement between the government of Ontario and this organization called the Brewer's Retail or the Beer Store which despite what many people, including many in Ontario, think is not a government entity. It's privately owned by Molson Coors, Anheuser-Busch InBev, and Sapporo out of Japan. And they all have you know, their Labatt operations, their Molson operations, their Sleeman operations here in Canada. But the beer store was set up as Ontario was coming out of prohibition because while the government was willing to sell whiskey and vodka and wine, they did not want to be in the dirty business of beer. (laughs) So they told the brewers back then to set up your own. And they've had a monopoly ever since. Well, the agreement that allows that monopoly to continue, it expires in two years. It expires on December 31st, 2025. And the government had to put this uh, announcement out within the next two weeks that they weren't going to continue on with that agreement. So uh, in two years time, when, when this agreement lapses, what will the landscape look like for liquor sales? I I assume mostly for, for things like beer and wine and, and mixed, uh, mixed beverages, but what will that look like in Ontario starting in 2026? So we still have a, a government run liquor store. And if you want a, a bottle of Alberta premium, you want a bottle of, Stoli vodka, bottle of Grey Goose, you're still going to have to go to the government-run liquor store. Mm -hmm. But what they're going to allow is something akin to what Quebec currently allows. Won't be as private as we're seeing in Alberta and Saskatchewan or in British Columbia, but it'll be on par with Quebec. You can go, you can buy beer, wine, cider, or what they're calling ready-to-drink alcohol. So that would be you know, your cans of um, coolers or uh, seltzers, you know, Vizzy has become very popular the last couple of summers. You'll be able to get that. Or even actually, you'll be able to get mixed liquor. So a Ryan Coke in a can, I think Canadian, um, which one is Canadian it? Club Canadian Club makes Club? it, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they sell those. You'll be able to get that in a convenience store. You will, they're going to lift the restriction Uh, The previous when liberal government had liberalized alcohol sales a little bit, they had 
allowed certain grocery stores to sell beer and wine, but they were pretty restrictive. Uh, They're going to loosen that up and any grocery store will be able to sell it. You'll be able to buy beer and wine in Costco. Now, Sadly, unlike other parts of the country and other parts of the United States, we won't be able to get those big Kirkland brand uh, bottles of hard liquor at cheap prices. But, you know, if anyone that has uh, shopped for wine in, in a Costco will tell you, they sell everything from cheap plonk that's just fine for, you know, table wine to some really good wines at decent prices. So it's going to be very different. Everything, as I say, from the the convenience store at the corner to Costco to the grocery stores, you're going to be able to have more uh, consumer choice, more variety. They are going to make changes around packaging, around taxes, uh, around wholesale prices. That's really going to be a major shakeup. And you know, the convenience store association and the grocers association, very happy about this. Um, the brewers, uh, because they own the beer store, they're obviously less enthusiastic about this, but you know, they knew the change was coming and in the end they got the best deal they could. They're still going to be involved in the distribution. So they will handle the delivery, uh, for the most part. And, uh, the government has a recycling program in place, for beverage alcohol bottles and cans, and they've been running that for years. They'll continue to operate that. So they'll be, you know, they'll have a role. Their stores will still stay open, and the ones that are economically feasible, I guess, will stay, and the other ones that aren't won't. Um, but, you know, they're going to face competition on the sales, but they will still be there for delivering the booze and picking up the empties. Why did the Ford government? And Doug Ford specifically, as I know he he talked about this even as far back as 2018, why did they want to make this change? What was it about the current system in Ontario that that they thought this is archaic, this has to this has to go away. We need to open it up for people. Well, I think you just said it right there. It's archaic. You know, where else on the planet have you heard of a beer monopoly? And for the longest time, it was an outright monopoly. I mean, the the LCBO, our government liquor store, was not allowed to sell beer at one point. <laughs> and, you know, that, that has obviously changed. And they've been selling six-packs and singles and things like that. Uh, but, you know, people want a bit more variety. And you know, we travel and we look around and we say, well, wait a minute. You know, they, they allow this elsewhere. Why, why can't we have that? You know, it, it wasn't that long ago that Alberta still had government-run liquor stores. Um, Saskatchewan, they just closed their last government-run liquor store uh, earlier this year. I think it was in March. Um, BC, sure, they have their government-run liquor stores, but they also have private liquor stores. And you know, the world doesn't fall apart when the private sector is involved in selling alcohol. The world doesn't fall apart when it's more convenient. Um, and, and you know, that's one of the the many claims, there, there's been claims that will lead to increased drunk driving. Well, Quebec and Ontario have the lowest rates of drunk driving in the entire country. Ontario has a much more restrictive policy currently, and that's about to change. Quebec has a much more liberal policy. Mm-hmm. They're still both well below the, the average of the other provinces. So, you know, th- there was no reason for the existing system to stay. And people just wanted that choice like why can't you grab a bottle of wine or some beer i I would have gone further than the government did but why can't you pick up some of that when you're picking up something for dinner when i lived in montreal years ago i I thought it was fantastically 
uh, convenient and civilized. And, and so I'm glad to see it going that way. Um, just a change for listeners who are in the prairies. Uh, you know, I know when you go to a Sobeys and you want to go to the Sobeys liquor store, it's separate. Is that the case in Alberta as well? Yeah, Dave? that's still the case here. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's the kind of thing that'll change in Alberta because I feel that the Liquor Stores Association is a fairly large I, I don't want to call them a lobby group, but they're a professional association representing liquor store owners, and they've kind of had it pretty good over the years. And I can't imagine they'd be very happy if if grocery stores all of a sudden got an edge over them by having the yeah. having the drinks in stores. But you're right that it it is you still here out here you still have a little inconvenience. You have to go across the parking lot, but I think that that the Sobies and the and the Costcos and all of that of the world have, have made pretty pretty good use of, of privatized liquor here. They, they, they've done well. So we'll have it in store. So, you know, you're, you're in one aisle picking up pasta for a spaghetti dinner. You go to the next aisle, you get your bottle of uh, Chianti uh, <laughs> to go with the pasta. That, that, I think, is the good part. The bad part is, as, as I said, uh, they're not expanding it to, to liquor. You, you can get that Canadian club and uh, uh, rye or Coke in a... Uh, in a can, but you can't get the, just the rye to go home and make your own mixed drink at the store. Um, convenience stores love this. They say that it will uh, lead to an increase in sales. And of course, th- whether it's been smoking or vaping, you know, they've been facing a, a lot of regulations that have driven away other previously profitable enterprises for them. And, and so they see this as as helping them continue to flourish. We'll be right back. Now, as mentioned earlier, this is something that that Doug Ford wanted to do all the way back in his first election campaign in, in 2018. We're now we're the five and a half years later, uh, and this still won't take effect for a couple of years. What was the holdup or the or the frustration on the part of the premier because I know as, as mentioned there were some things that they've done in the last couple of years to loosen things up a little bit was it just the the monopoly deal that the beer store had that kind of stymied any any moves or were there other factors at play here just in terms of the logistics of getting it rolled out a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B so you're right he promised it in 2018 then he promised it again in 2022 in 2019 um they had tried negotiating an end to, to the agreement with the beer store. So it was a 10-year deal signed in 2015 with the, the Wynn Liberal government that had preceded them. And the beer store's argument was, look, um, as part of this 10-year agreement, we were required to make a lot of investments in the stores. One of the things that Premier Wynn didn't like is she said, a lot of women don't like these stores. They're the beer stores are dark and they're they're musty and you know we we want them to be nicer. So you know they spent a bunch of money, and they said you know between that and the recycling program and the other things that we did for the government on behalf of this deal, you're going to have to compensate us. And the Ford government said no, we're not going to compensate you. Let's negotiate. They came to an impasse, and in 2019 he actually passed legislation to break the deal and make it illegal for the beer store to sue the government. Now. As much as I support moving in the direction that they're now moving in, I also don't like the idea of governments using legislation to break contracts and then protect themselves mm-hmm. the way in ways that nobody else can. So that got a bit of a backlash for them. There were claims that it would cost up to a billion dollars for the government to to break the deal. So they passed the legislation but didn't proclaim it. 
started negotiations again, and then COVID hit. And that just kind of dragged everything down. Um, in the end, it, it's going to be a complex system. Now, you know, I'm talking to people in various parts of the the industries that are, are, are involved in this, and they're telling me things like, there's such a supply chain issue with delivery trucks, refrigerated delivery trucks, that you're waiting 12 months just to get one. Well, guess what you're going to need more of right now? Refrigerated <laughs> delivery trucks that nobody can get. Um, looking at the convenience stores aspect to it, I know out in Alberta, 7-Elevens out here started selling alcohol and you could you could t- buy alcohol to take out. But one of the things that they opened up were, were like essentially like bars or seating sections where you can have a beer with a slice of your 7-Eleven pizza in these convenience stores. In, in Ontario, are they looking at creating things like that or is it just a you can sell alcohol here and people can buy it and take it home and drink it? They've already, it, b- believe it or not, before they're allowing the convenience stores to uh, to to sell the alcohol for you to leave with 711 is the first of the uh the convenience stores to move in that direction and they've had several of their outlets licensed when they sell food and of course if you've looked at the way that Circle K and 711 are going and you talk to their executives they they don't consider themselves corner stores or convenience stores or candy stores as you and I might have called them when <laughs> we were kids they view themselves as quick serve restaurants. Mm-hmm. And so just down the street from me at, um, uh, where I'm sitting at post media place on Bloor street in Toronto, they put in a circle K and I, I, I met the president of circle K to a, an event recently. And I had to say to him, you're killing me with your new store because you've put in the best hot dogs in town. <laughs> and now as I walk home, I got to walk past and decide, am I having a hot dog and any of my life earlier or not? But it tastes so good. Yeah. Uh, so they've moved in that direction. Uh, Circle K hasn't gone the way of of seeking licenses yet, but Seven uh, Eleven has, and you know there haven't been any issues. Now, looking at this more broadly, you know, as as you say that you know the LCBO stores are still going to operate, the beer stores where they're financially viable will probably still continue to operate. Did did the premier indicate that there could be other changes to the way liquor is sold in Ontario? And I mean, even by extension. As as we're several years into legalization here, the way the cannabis is sold does this does this give any indication that you know a more private approach could be in the offing for Ontario? Well, I, I think it will become inevitable that the LCBO will not become as profitable um, over time, and they might start looking at closing stores or moving all of liquor sales to the private sector as you've done in Alberta, as they've done next door to you in Saskatchewan. And, uh, and as I said, B, you know, BC has that mixed hybrid system. So I, I, I think that we'll, we'll see more liberalization on the alcohol side. I don't see stores combining to sell cannabis and alcohol. That still seems taboo. Um, would we get there eventually? Maybe, but maybe the people that run the businesses just see them as too different and they wouldn't want to mix them anyway. Uh, but I, you know, I think we will see an opening up. I mean, this is a, a major change. I remember in the seventies going into the liquor store with my dad and, uh, he, uh, he had immigrated to Canada before I was born. He didn't see an issue with taking kids into the liquor store. So, you know, he'd be out running his errands. He'd take me in and, and not a lot of my contemporaries remember this, but you used to have to 
fill out a form like it was an old consumer's distributor. <laughs> and you filled out a form with the item number of what you wanted and your home address and your root home. And then you slipped it under the wicket, like a bank wicket, the old teller type yeah. thing. And and then they would slide the bottles while sneering at you, you degenerate who's drinking. They'd slide it back to you with a brown paper bag so nobody could ever see the booze and it was all hidden in the back. That's how we used to view alcohol. And we used to think that people weren't responsible enough. And governments across the country have realized you can be responsible. We're, we're grownups. Treat the people like grownups. And I, I think it's been good to see across the country. It's, it's always fascinating to see the differences across the country in, in how something like alcohol or cannabis, uh, how they're treated. But it, it's good to see governments of all stripes move in a direction that says, okay, we, we know we need some safety regulations on this. We know we need to uh, not make it a, an absolute free-for-all, but we're going to treat you like an adult. And that's all that adults can ask for, to be treated as such. Uh, Brian, as always, a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Brian Lilly. More from him at torontosun.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.